guys, welcome to episode 155 of Inside the Cage, your weekly dose of top quality MMA banter, as they say. Um, I'm Scott, I'm with me as always, it's Big Mark, how are you mate? I'm alright man, how are yourself? Hi, good mate, good, 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 kind of grumble, good MMA the weekend, good MMA cop this weekend, loads of football going on, it's a good time for sport in general, I think mate, I watched a wee bit of the league. Rugby League World Cup, still don't get Rugby League. Um, I've watched rugby all my days. I've even played rugby in school and I don't get Rugby League. Just can't quite figure no, it out. I can't, I can't get Rugby League at all. It's not a game for me. I'd, I'd rather watch Rugby Union every day of the week. I don't get there. It's weird though, because I think Rugby League's more popular like um, nationally, like as in internationally. So like countries like Papua New Guinea, like Papua New Guinea have like, I mean, they beat Wales 36 nothing last night. Like, I'm sorry, Papua New Guinea is not famous for anything. So yeah, like, but like, Wales don't probably a very good rugby league team, so it's probably a poor comparison. I know, but I'm just saying, like, there's these countries, like, I mean, in rugby, rugby union, you know, all the teams that are going to be good, and you, you're like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not a fan, but I just, I was surprised. And then you see some of the teams that are like, like Greece have a rugby league team, and you're just like, Greece? I read a bit, I read a bit about that. There's a bit um, of fucking uh, Brazil. The Brazil women's rugby league team, their third ever competitive match was their first match in the World Cup. So, it's that, I don't know, I just, I just, uh, I kind of get it. I enjoyed watching it. I mean, it was pissing in the rain. There was about 46 knock-ons in three seconds. Um, it was, it was decent then. It was Papua New Guinea are all big, massive island boys that are just it's just that I just kind of go that shit with a stoke tackling and then we get up and then we just roll the ball back. Well, that fucking shit pisses me off. That's the bad that it gets me. But anyway... It's just a good time for sport. Everything's good to know. The NFL's kind of season's kicked off right in the middle of the baseball World Series, which is obviously class for me, class for all our American listeners as well. Um, October is probably the one month of the year you get literally a bit of everything from around the world. I think it's probably... Is the basketball on? I think that's the only one. I was actually just about to say that. I think that's the only sport you probably can't get at this moment in time is the NBA. Yeah. Is it? Is the hockey on? I thought the hockey was... Uh, no, I'm sure the NHL's on. I'm sure free sports and stuff like that, the NHL's on. Mm. Now, there, is, there, is, there, is, there is NBA on, mate. Oh, is there? I've not seen anything in Sky Sports, and Usually I see a catch. I don't, know what, I don't know what they're playing, but it says today the Clippers beat the Rockets 95-93. Aye, aye, that makes sense. Because I'm because mm. these ones back a few years ago, you'd maybe follow something on flash goals. Like I followed the Brooklyn Nets because I went to see them once. I get that still on my flash goals that will pop up every so often when they've fucking done it. So that has popped up now and again. So that makes sense, right? Okay. Right. So basically, every sport in the world is currently taking place at this moment in time. All right. So the 2022 23 NBA season started on the 18th of October. So literally two weeks ago. Right. Okay. So, so that's basically the perfect time of the year for every sport on the planet. Um, if the ice hockey's on and I. Yeah, the ice hockey started three weeks ago. So yeah, ice hockey, NFL, MLB, NBA. Premier League, Scottish, you know, League. you've got the Ottoman Internationals, I'm going to Scotland v Fiji on Saturday. I've seen um, a the game on Saturday as well. So. It's going to be, there's literally everything you could possibly want. I was watching Paddle the other week on BT, just for the fuck it, it was nuts. Yeah, I've seen about that myself, it's fucking random as fuck that game, but anyway. 
Honestly, mate, it really, when you and I start talking about any sport, it just means you and I should have like a world sport podcast, because I swear to God, man. Yeah, one of the best programs I used to watch love on the TV was it World, world Series of Sport on Sky Sports world of, or something like that. World of Sport or something. I used to watch. Was it, I used to watch one on like ITV. It was like Trans World Sport, and it was oh, just, I remember that one as well. Like the like most random like, stuff. Aye, it was like three or four minutes on like like ten sports for like an hour with all, with all the breaks and all that. It was nuts, man. Nuts. Kabaddi and fucking elephant pole and all them used to appear now and again as well. It was just so many random sports. There you go. The NHL started on the seventh of October when the San Jose Sharks and the Nashville Predators played the first of two games in Prague. Ah. Oh, because ah, I uh, I knew somebody was actually at the two games. Does that make sense? Do you? Aye, uh, kind of. I know him. Aye. Anyway. He's a fan slash Tartan Army man, so... Right. right, let's move on. We've talked... I mean, that's probably... I don't know how long that's been. Yeah, we've done well there, because there's not a lot to talk about this week, so we've done fucking well. <laughs> we did it be full. Anyway, we'll move on. mention the new family member either, so... I know I'm not talking about that. Not yet. Maybe, maybe we'll put a picture of him up one day. Yeah, maybe so. Um, so, what we'll do, guys, I say we'll kind of follow a different format from what we used to. We used to run down the whole card. We don't do that anymore. A few talking points um, throughout the week. Um, we'll talk about Cater. We'll talk about dodgy splits. And we'll talk about a guy with all the potential in the world to kind of seem to fight. And then we'll talk... This weekend's card, UFC, is stacked. Looks really good for a fight night card. Really impressed. And there's a big, massive fight uh, in Cage Warriors this Friday, which I am going to beg everybody right now. This is my plea to all of the listeners and everybody, anybody who hears it, right? If you have access to the Fight Pass, watch. I'd want, tell you to watch all the cards, but I know that's unrealistic. You have to watch the featherweight championship fight between Jordan Vicenich and Paul Hughes on Friday night at Cage Warriors. It has the potential to be the biggest, the best fight we've ever seen in Cage Warriors. It, I think personally it is the biggest fight. But we'll talk about that in a wee bit. So yes, if you've got access to Fight Pass, please watch this fight. You will not be disappointed. Cue there being a fucking accidental eye poke in the first three seconds. So anyway. Anyway, talking about Accidental injuries. Let's start with Cater um, versus Arnold Allen. Um, before we talk about how it finished, Mark, what about the first five? Um, I felt as if like the first two and a half minutes, Cater seemed to find his range a lot quicker than what Allen did. But then after that, it turned quite quickly. Allen seemed to find a home for that left hand every time. I would say maybe after a couple of minutes, I feeling him out. Cater seemed to be getting through, you know, the, the range was there. He maybe wasn't hitting Alan that hard, but he was definitely on, in range. And then out of nowhere, Alan just seemed to just start cocking that right hand, uh, sorry, that left hand, and it was it was it was nuts. I would not disagree with a single thing you've just said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how the summary has just been absolutely spot on, isn't it? Um, as you say. Getting maybe started a wee bit better and it was a lot of touchy feely for Arnold Allen. Maybe couldn't quite find his range. But as soon as you say, as soon as he started hitting that left hand, he started piecing care up actually a wee bit. I was really, really impressed with Allen in these first in the last two or three minutes of that first round. Yeah. So I mean, it was so impressive. I was like, oh, fucking hell man. I felt like he was really got to go on from there and actually kinda of dominate the fight in a way because of how good that left hand was. Kater couldn't deal with it, he couldn't didn't have a clue what to do at that point. 
and I thought Alan looked. I, looked, I thought he's tremendous. I thought he's going to put a statement on this. He's going to eventually. It's going to look good. He's going to go and he's going to possibly even take Cater out at some point. Which, let's be honest, Cater's one of the toughest guys in the UFC. You do really well to do that. Look at Max Holloway, don't you? We couldn't get fucking shot at him. So, um, aye, and then pff, I had what happened, and it was just you talk about obviously for Zenich, but who's been one of the best fights in Cater's world? So this should have been one of the best fights of the year, and we never fucking really got it. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it's a shame. Like obviously, we can talk about the finish. It's, it's it's just one of these freak things. I mean, it's I suppose it's not as it's funny. Like you could you could say to people, oh, there was two act. You know, there was two like stoppages due to injuries in two weeks, and there were two two totally different circumstances. Like no sympathy for DJ last week at all, and a lot of anger towards DJ from our point of view. You certainly from me a lot of frustration. Sorry, TJ. Um, right, sorry, you confused me for a second there. What did I say? T- DJ? Ah, TJ, sorry. I think I said TJ. I think it just sounded like DJ. I don't no, know. Whereas this week, the injury, you feel sorry for Keita because it's just one of these things. Like, he landed funny. Okay, he landed funny because he was trying to kick when there was nothing there. You know what I mean? So, like... Try to kick fresh air, these things happen. Um, his knee just popped. You could just see he just landed funny. It's one of these things that's unfortunate. Hopefully, Calvin's not too bad injured. I don't remember seeing much about him, to be honest, um, about the injury. I know sometimes these things take a few days to get, you know, scanned and all that. Yeah, I think um, that's the thing. Time scan harms and stuff like that. You're not hearing anything about for a couple of days. And I think, let's be honest, we all know he's going to be out for at least probably the best part of six months, I would think. If it's his knee, if it's any one of his ligaments in that knee, you're talking six months anyway, at least. Minimum, depending on how bad. I don't, it doesn't look like he's probably absolutely ruptured it and ripped it apart, but he's done something to it. The fact that he was able to stand up, get back to the corner... Show the referee he's able to fight and then come back out for those couple of seconds until he, he, uh, Alan caught him with one leg kick and then the leg kick obviously took his balance off his other leg and his leg just fucking collapsed again and that was it, it was he game was, over. He was fine on it when he had both legs on the ground, like he was jumping up and down and he looked fine but he had his right leg to support or his left leg to support him but as soon as the weight went on to that one leg, the leg just crum- crumpled, uh, crumpled mate so... Totally. Yeah, it's a shame. Listen, I agree with you. I think I don't know if it would have went the full twenty-five. I really don't know. I think Arnold was shown in that first round that Kerr was there to be hit, but we know how tough Kerr is. So it maybe would have. It's hard to know whether it would have went full twenty-five. Um, I think Alan would have pieced him up, if I'm honest. Um, I went to win, although I don't like it. Uh, I've never agreed with things like that. A freak injury being down as a win. Um, I don't agree with it at all, but. As a win, the biggest question, I think, is what now? Like, what now? Because you've got Rodriguez saying he should get a shot because he beat Ortega, pish. You've got Emmett saying he should get a shot. Do you know what I mean? These guys, I know you've got Arnold Allen, who is on, what, nine? Is it undefeated in the UFC? Ten wins in the UFC? Ten and ten in the UFC? Hasn't been beaten since... Something like, I don't know, I can't remember when, but um, I'm sure it's like ten wins in the UFC. So. I've never beaten since even Cage Warriors. Fucking eight yeah. years ago. Yeah, so you've got 10 wins in the UFC and 10 UFC fights. And look at some of the names he's beaten, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like Mads Burnell, good fighter. Gilbert Melendez, bit of legend. Yusuf Hooker, Cater. He's beat three of the top, well, two of the top 15 uh, featherweights and, you know, an, a, a top, top lightweight who should have, his power should have come through at featherweight. So I, I don't know, mate. I really don't know what, what we do here because... It should I, be. I, th- I think he missed out on something. I think he missed that a wee opportunity, Arnold Allen, to mention a name that 
let's be honest, at this in time, he's, he's not going to get another title shot because of what's happened in the previous couple of fights um, and how his record is against the current champion. And you think he fights? You think you think you think he fights Max? I think he should have called Max out. I think he should have made that comment. I think he should have been quite strong in that comment. You know what I know? Like he's very, he's very nice. He just he's he's one of the guys who goes, ah, I'll just fight whoever the UFC put in front of him. Sometimes when he gets to this stage with the top five, top six, you've got to make your call. You've got to have a name. You've got to actually go. I want this guy right now. Let's be yeah. honest. The I R Rodriguez, Josh Emmett. They've called a shot. They want it. They've said they literally want it. As much as Arnold Allen said, oh, I want a title shot. It was all kind of eye only. Folk can also give me and all that push. No, sometimes you've just got to be a wee bit more. He's very much in the Leon Edwards school of thought. That kind of, yeah. oh, I'll just do my business and get it on with it. But at some, at some point, you've got to kind of turn up a wee bit and just start throwing names out there. and been kind of quite serious about it. For me, what I would do at this moment in time, you know, Kater's gone about a while. You know, Volkanovski, fuck, he could be about for nine months, whatever it is, 12 months, depending on what happens with this lightweight title shot and stuff like that. You don't know what's going to happen there. Because let's be honest, if he was to go and beat Makachev, they would then have a rematch, which then can put him out to later on next year. So I think if he beat, I think if he beat Makachev, he'll drop the feather belt, mate, to be honest. Because normally they do, when they become champ champ, they drop one, and they normally drop the later one. Both at the same time. He's yeah, well, that. he has, but he's due to defend that featherweight belt, you know, soon. But I, th- I think it's a totally different situation because the UFC know the Makachev's fight's basically made. I think at this moment in time, we've got that four or five months anyway. I think in that four or five months, for me, let's build a couple of fights for an interim title fight. I'd make Rodriguez Emmett and then Holloway Allen, something like that. That's the kind of thing in Big And the two winners. Like, like, like a mini Grand Prix without calling it a Grand Prix. Aye. They two fit. They kind of four guys kind of fight each other. Gives us a final belt for an interim title as such. And then once Volkanovski's done what he's done, boom. Volkanovski's got somebody who's actually standing there going, it's fucking me, mate. That's, that's I'm the guy you want to fight. I am, I am the guy. Aye. But like Charles done at lightweight, he basically took all the other lightweights and basically he's the one standing there, just fucking the main man. Like he's just the champion. There's nobody else for him to fight. So yeah. somebody's got to do that within this division now and just basically get rid of everybody else and go, I'm the fucking man, let's go. So now that we've said what we want to happen, what do you think will actually happen? No idea. No got a fucking clue. Mate, I honestly don't. This division is stacked to fuck. Um, <laughs> mate, I'm just I'm just reading through that top ten, mate, and it's actually horrific. I think that's probably the best pound for pound top ten in the UFC. I don't think there's a pound for pound top ten better, if I'm honest. You could maybe say Welter, but um, I right think there. pound for pound, Holloway, Rodriguez, Ortega, Emmett, Cater, Allen, Chang, uh, Zombie, Chikadze, Mitchell, Evlev, Yusuf, Ige, even even the top fifteen. Topuria, I mean, come on. These guys are killers, man. Every one of them. Well, that's the other thing you've got next week. Uh, no, not next week. December. Bryce Mitchell fights Ilya Topuria. Yep. Massive, massive fight. Two guys who are on really good um, win streaks. One of them goes on and puts a statement on that. They, they're, they're, I would expect one of them. Are you telling me Bryce Mitchell's going to go fucking give me Max Holloway? He's going to fucking shout his shot. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If, if Bryce Mitchell beats Taporia, he's going to shout his shot. He's going to go as high as he can go um, and ask for that fight. So they've got two guys there who could easily throw their hat into that ring for this 
Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Tapuria. Fuck me. Man, that's that's exceptional. That's what a fight that is. Oh, fuck it. Was he supposed? Was he not supposed to fight Evloev? Yeah, he was supposed. To, that was supposed to be the headliner for this weekend. That mate, that's almost an even better fight. On paper, that probably is, but any like matchup between those three guys, Tapuria, Mitchell, Mitchell, Evloev, Evloev, Tapuria, any one of those three fights would be insane, insane. So. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think this division's so stacked. I say a mini not recognised, not announced, not official, <laughs> like, Grand Prix would be class. I don't like interim belts, but I think in this instance, I can I can see that that is the way they're going to go. They've done it with the flyweight after Dave uh, Davison get injured. Um, they might do the same here. If, if you say Volk's tied up for a year, more than a year, I don't know. I think if Volk, even if Volk beats Makachev, I think he'll defend the featherweight belt. After that first, I don't think he'll be allowed to defend the lightweight belt. That could be a possibility, but you're still probably talking eight months there, aren't you? Mm-hmm. If you say you're five months into the lightweight title, so even say you say three months, maybe two or three months after that, he defends the featherweight title. Yeah. And then you look at probably, let's be honest, if if he was to defeat him, you look at Volkanovski and Makachev part two in Abu Dhabi next October. So October yeah. seems to be the month for Abu Dhabi, doesn't it? So. Um. So that that that's the kind of aye. I think there's definitely paths there to be made because even looking at Mitchell, Evlev, Yusuf, Tapuria, for me that's a backup forty that the four we've just spoke about. They're the next four behind them, ready to go. Boom, this is him. Even get a Chikadze, do you know what I mean? That loss against Kerr, but he's still a name, man. He's still in there. Yeah. So it's a it's an incredibly exciting division for me. It really is, man. I love it. As long as it keeps moving. As long yes. as it keeps moving. I think if you make if you have that wee carrot at the end of the, the yeah. stick as such, it I, keeps it moving. I don't mean necessarily moving with the title. I just mean as long as all these guys keep fighting each other. If these guys in the top 15 keep picking each other off, if Tapuria beats Mitchell, let's say Tapuria wants to fight next game someday, let him fight Zombie, let him fight Giga. Even if Bryce wins, just keep them all fighting, keep them all active. Let's keep the division fresh so that when Volk's ready to come back, there's two or three, well, there's one maybe definitive guy, or maybe there's two or three guys going, I'll fight him. You know what I mean? Let's hope so, because it's got the potential want, to have... I just want there to be stand, somebody standing there, two or, two, two or three guys standing there going, look, it's me. Whereas you yeah. look at Volkanovski's beat Holloway, he's beat Ortega. The Yair fight, <sighs> I'm not sure whether Yair's good enough to beat Volkanovski either, so it's kind of... You need yeah. somebody to kind of put their hand up and go, look, I'm the best of the rest, basically. I think you're, you're bang on there that you want to have two of you guys. I think this division is good enough and there's guys good enough in there to, at, when Volk is ready to, there, there could be, there will definitely be one guy. There could be three or four guys all sitting there ready going, right, look, I've just smashed him. I've just smashed him. I know I'm ready to smash you, you Australian twat. Exactly, my man. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, Obviously, the, one of the biggest things in MMA now is um, scoring and, you know, judges and all that stuff and try and make it better and all this. Um, there's always going to be controversies because at the end of the day, it's totally subjective. Anything that comes down to, you know, uh, a score or how you see something is totally subjective. So there, there, um, is a, there is a criteria in MMA which is works in our favour. Do you know what I mean? It's there. Of course, there is criteria. There always has to be, but there's always going to be. There is still an element of subjectiveness to it. Mate. There's there's always yeah, going to be. It's, it's like refereeing, I suppose. Isn't it? There's, there's, there's a rule book for referees, but yeah, 
but they're still shite. So there's definitely a subjectiveness and a, oh, is that a free kick? Is that a red card push? So let's talk about the two split decisions. Um, Max Griffin split against Tim and Khalil Rountree split one against Dustin Jacoby. Yep. I don't, I don't, I don't have any massive, I don't have any massive issue with the decisions. I'm not saying the round three one, Jacob Jacoby was right, but I don't have a massive issue with it. Yeah. Um, for me, Max Griffin wins that Tim's been fights all day long. I think if, I think that, I actually think the second and third round are difficult to score a wee bit because it's kind of, they're quite back and forth. But yeah. I think over the, the course of the fight, Max Griffin definitely beat Tim's means. I don't have an issue with that in, in, in any way, if, shape, or form. If that had been the other way around, that would have been bad. I think. Like, yeah, I don't think I Tim think, beats Max Griffin. I don't think that happened. I think the fact that that's a split is poor. I wouldn't say it's really bad because you say it was, it was close-ish. But for me, Max Griffin won that fight. And if that had been the other way, I would have been like, wow, really? I'd have been quite surprised. It would never have been a robbery because when it's close, it can never be a robbery. It has to be completely one-sided. Um, but I would have been quite shocked. Happy with the Max Griffin one. Not so happy with Dustin Jacoby. Um, I thought Dustin won. I was quite shocked. I thought Khalil Roundtree was fucked after round one. His pace slowed so much. Um, he kept a steady pace after that, to be fair to him, right? I'm not going to say he totally died. Like, he just he didn't keep going didn't go off a He seemed to like start up here round one and then drop to like half the level, but managed to stay at that until like the end. He didn't, actually didn't drop off a cliff. He dropped a level. Maybe it was just a case of dropping a gear. He was going uphill and thought, right, I can't keep going at this pace. Let's drop a gear and let's go solid. I mean, it was a good yeah. fight. It was a close fight. It's not a robbery, but I scored it for Jacoby. I was surprised. Yeah, I was I was surprised. Um, I think Brown was a wee bit surprised. I wasn't exactly over-celebrating, wasn't he? He wasn't even fucking pure buzzing about the fact they got the win. I know he said in his interview he thought he'd done enough, but I think even himself he knew that the first two rounds he probably did lose the two rounds, and that's, that's what done it for me. Um one of the scores, like even the, the judges couldn't really make their mind up in the first two rounds. It looks like it's about one judge has got it one way. The two judges that actually scored it for round three have both scored them different ways. They've not scored them. So round three got the second and third on Ben Carter's use, but on Chris Flores, he got the first and the third. So it's mm-hmm. so weird. Like Even the judges can't agree that what rounds who won what, do you know what I mean? So it makes yeah, it even yeah. more contentious in that in that scenario type thing. So look, there's it's a lot not, it's not it's not the worst decision I've ever seen, seen a lot worse than that. Oh hundred percent, mate. I've right. seen a hell of a lot worse decisions than what happened there on Saturday night. Um I think you can always a lot of power shots getting thrown by round tree and maybe that could maybe Yeah. He does throw like he does throw he does throw trucks for fists, you know what I mean? So he is a big guy and he hits hard, but I don't know like this this whole thing with damage for me, I, I don't, I can't, I can't get by the damage thing because I think again that's totally subjective to the fighter. It's not subjective, it's unique to the fighter. So look at Nate Diaz, right? You you tickle Nate Diaz's chin, eh, sorry his cheek. You just tickle him, just stroke it. It's oh. going to fucking rip the fuck open yeah. and it's going to be fucked. So some guys piece up more than others, and I think that's harsh to. I think I, I don't not sure you can actually properly take that into consideration. I think okay, if there's genuine damage after 15 minutes, you look at the two guys. One looks a couple of cuts, maybe here, maybe a bruise here. Another guy's got fucking eyeballs the size of snooker balls. Fine, I get that. But 
if a guy cuts his face in the first round, say, you can't uh, eat. 100%. It's, it's all dependent on how that guy looks like. To the fair end of the fight, Jacoby was the one that looked more damaged. He was the one that looked like the lost the fight. Yeah. Um, Again, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's a look thing. It could be a look thing. You know, it could be a fact of, you know, they they look at him after rounds. And um, Was Jacoby the one that stood up the whole time, didn't sit once? There was one fighter who didn't sit down once the whole time. I'm sure it was him. It may have well been him. I can't, I can't actually remember. I was oh, no, I think, it was Va- I think it was Vandera, actually. I think it was Vandera. Um uh, listen, it's it's not the worst. It's not a, it's it's not a, it is what it is. I think I think you can always tell from fighter reactions. Khalil didn't look sure when it like was standing next to the ref and Jacoby's face when it went in Roundtree's favour, he looked like, Are you serious? Like I think and Roundtree hardly reacted at all. So that mm. is a given. That gives me a kind of idea. I think Khalil probably thought, you know what? I've probably could beat here. It's probably close. Unless, of course, he's just being humble, maybe. He is a nice guy, Khalil. He is like quite humble. He has like that in that respect. So. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. As what it is. Not, nothing major wrong with it. Just would have, I would have scored it the other way. That's what. Yeah, I'd have probably called it the other way as well, mate. As I said, I worked GQ one the first two rounds, so definitely would have, would have went with that myself. So, i got a question for you. Yes. And I'm going to see, this is going to depend how well you know my... No, me as a as a friend, I suppose, and my my like of MMA. Who am I going to compare Chase Hooper to? Pena. Yes, well done, my man. Fucking oh, Luis Pena. All the talent, all the skills, the look, everything. Pena had everything. He was good on the ground. His takedown defense was insane. He had a really sharp jab, a really good cross. Like he was just couldn't put it together. This boy is exactly the same. He's maybe not quite as good on the feet. His grappling is legit, good level, you know, proper high level. Chase Hooper's big for the weight class. He's long for the weight class. And holy shit, I think I could have beat him. Well, I'm not going to say that because then I'll get called out for it, probably, no doubt. But you know what I mean? Like, it it, 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 it wasn't good, mate. Like, he didn't, he looked like a rabbit caught in the headlights. Mate, that this performance totally dumbfounded me. Um, Completely, because I watched obviously he fought, he, yeah, he fought Calares back in May. He knocked Calares out. He finished Calares with his hands. Mm-hmm. It looked like he had not done a single bit of sparring with his hands since before that fight. Yeah, it looked as though he didn't know what his hands were for. His hands looked like why well, forget pillows in the end of my hands. What are these for? What am I supposed to do with these? It just looked like you hadn't trained in fist fighting at any point. It was fucking mental because I was so surprised. Um, he's actually the boy's twenty three. As I said, yeah. I just read the, he's a boy. He's still a child. Yeah. He's six foot one. And he's fighting at one hundred and forty five pounds. That probably won't last long. I don't realize he's not. He's not a bit. He doesn't have a big frame though. So like I was thinking yeah. about that as well. I thought you know. I ten pounds is nothing really right for a boy of that height, right? And a boy of that size, he could easily fight at one five five. The power would definitely, well, the, you know, he would still be quite tall at six foot one at lightweight. He still would be quite tall at that weight class. Um, I just, I don't see him not fighting it further because he doesn't look like it's, it's a struggle. He doesn't look too thin. Well, I'm not, I'm not mean in regards to that. I think, I think Chase probably needs. Chase needs some bowling pins. Chase needs just some things to go and knock things over and 
get that confidence, give him two or three years. He's not like a Momokai where you can see that he's a man already. He's got to go and run through people. He's got to destroy people straight away. All right, it was a great performance in Abu Dhabi. You say that, though, right? You say that, sorry, mate. You say that, right? But, I mean, that guy lost to Pena. He <laughs> lost to Mahashite last time. So this guy isn't elite level. Garcia no. isn't elite level. He's an elite level boxer. I mean, he took Chase Hooper's head off, right? More than one occasion. He, he was he basically went after his his name his nickname fits fits him mean machine that's basically what he did I, I don't think I don't think the MD in the UFC set this fight up to happen what happened I reckon Dana and Sean Shelby watched that and went what the fuck honestly so setting up pins aye but what are the right pins you, you, yeah. you set him up with somebody who can grapple do you set him up with somebody who he can just knock out like like I think I'm not sure what the answer is, mate, because I'm, I'm sure that was a pin. No offence, no disrespect to Steve Garcia, because he won the fight fair and square, deserved it, smashed him. Best, one of the best left hooks I've seen in a long time, but there's no way he wasn't set up as a pin, mate. No way. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Like, pardon me, sorry. Oh, pardon me. Don't really want to do that in the middle of the show, do you? That's ridiculous. Excuse you, you smell the bastard. I know. Like, like for me, like he's a young boy. He's 23. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm not saying he's got to leave the UFC, but I think if we don't see Chase Super for a year and he goes and does random things outside the octagon and works on that box and works on putting everything together, does a shitload of sparring. If all he does for next year is spar, boxing, spar, wrestling, spar, everything, he's obviously, like, he's obviously got skills. We know that. You don't get to 11-3 without skills. 11-2 as it was before Saturday night. So the boy is something. He's five submissions and four knockouts and 11 wins. Like, where the fuck do you get four knockouts for? That's all I know. This is why I compared him to Pena, mate. He's got all the tools. It's just about putting together. Okay, he's he's got one thing over Pena. He's significantly younger. Significantly younger, sorry. He has time. Maybe we should just lay off him a bit. I think I was just a bit disappointed with the nature of it. He looked lost. Looked like a rabbit caught in the headlights. Looked like he couldn't have fought his way out of a paper bag. It just looked a bit of a shame. I kind of watched it and went, "Wow, really? Is that like I was disappointed for him and I was I was kind of upset for him because I was like, you know, he's he's so talented. Um, I mean, you say he should take a year away and go do other things. He did that. Yeah, well, that's true. But then he looked good after that year. He did. He came back and smashed Calares and looked smart. Took a took a bit of a beating. Took a bit of a doing. Not a doing, but you know, it was a good fight. And then obviously won by ground and pound in the end. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of these things he can't handle the pressure. Like not not the pressure of fighting. I mean the pressure of somebody like Garcia. Because I think I would struggle. Like, I'm not a fighter, but I think anybody would struggle with you know that kind of pressure coming at you 100%. Look at Sean Brady struggling with Bilal Muhammad last week. Bilal Muhammad's pressure is ridiculous. Okay, I'm not comparing Steve Garcia to Steve Ma- eh, Bilal Muhammad, but Steve Garcia came out with that same intention, basically just to knock um, Chase's head off, and that's what he did. So maybe it's just a case of Steve wanted to, Steve wanted a quick night and Chase didn't he? So maybe it's just a case of that, this didn't he fit. He looked a bit lost, he looked a bit kind of rabbit in the headlights, and I think that kind of affected him too much. I- I'm gutted for him, mate, because it's... He's a, he's a good fighter and he's, he's going to come on to good things. I know he is. Like, I mean, making your UFC debut at what, how old was he then? December. So he was 21 when he made his UFC debut. That's nuts. Maybe he's another one of these fighters and he needs to move on to another gym somewhere. That gym's got him so far and maybe he needs to move on. Perhaps. Because I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie, I've heard these gym combat sport and fitness and 
from Numb yes, Claw. These guys, these guys are young, no, they maybe don't fancy it. I maybe go to a gym that's heavy on the box and maybe go to, like, I can't even think of the name of it. Um, I think he just needs to be working with a heavy, not a heavy, heavy is not the right one I'm trying to look for, a high class of fighter every week to improve himself. Yeah. Instead of, instead of him maybe being the best guy in that gym, maybe yeah. he needs to go to a gym where he is not the best guy in that gym and he's got to fight or spar with guys who are better than him at this moment in time to work on things, to get better, to get stronger. Do you know what I mean? Possibly. I don't know. It needs something different, but because you kind of keep going like that. And as you say, a bit like Pena, he's got other skills, but pff, uh, that did not look good on Saturday night. That really did not look good. It didn't. Right. Let's move on a little bit and look forward into the future. Um, we mentioned Cage Warriors at the start. I mentioned if you can get a hold of it, if you've got Fight Pass, watch the main event. But there is some stuff on this card that's got us quite excited. There's some names all over us. There's names that, you know, if you're a Cage Warriors fan, you know names. Oban Elliott, Josh Reed, James Webb, you know, Harry Hardwick, Steve Amable. They're fighting each other. That's a great fight. Steve Amable's a really tough featherweight to put away. Pakowskis, a lot of UFC fans will remember that name. That was the boy that um, Browntree wrecked his knee. He is now fit and back and coming back to Cage Warriors, fighting Lee Chadwick, who, by the look of Lee Chadwick, he could maybe go in the Kiva Crosby club. I can't believe that's only just over a year since Pakowskis fought, by the way. Aye, I have seen Lee before, but that's speak about Lee a while back, I'm sure. Um, he's he's terrifying to look at, so he he could quite easily be um, in the Kiefer Crosby club. Um, but there's obviously the James Sheehan as well. Was James an ex-champ? No, I don't think so. James nice. and James Sheehan's a really good fight as well. Um, I'm sure James. He did, aye. Uh, James Richardson's a former title contender. He fought Matthias Frederick for the belt. Um, so there's a really good quality on this card. Luke Shanks, who's based in Scotland. Shout out to Luke. Hopefully he gets a win against, I don't know, is that Colin? Colin Loughran? I would go with Colin, but I don't know if that's right. Colin, but, I, know, Colin, I, know, I could be a belter of a fight, but... Uh, no, that is a belter of a fight, mate. That is a belter of a fight. You hear, you hear, did, you, did you see any of the interview they did where they were together? I think it was on the Severe podcast, Severe MMA. No. Um, Lofren basically went, you're just a fat, lazy fuck. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely class. So I hope Luke smashes him for that. <laughs> what, a, what a way to pass a man off, huh? I know, I know. But we're going to talk a wee bit about Vicenich Hughes. There is beef there. There is genuine, like, Vicenich said that Hughes, you know, basically chickened out the last time they were supposed to fight. Um, but the first fight was a split decision that a lot of people say should have went the other way. Um, a lot of people are saying that that's kind of the theme with Vucinic because obviously he had a split against Damable. I know the shadow. He did three splits in a row until the James Hendon fight. You know, Morgan Shari, I know that was a close fight. I remember watching that one and it was a close fight. So this fight at the weekend's get all the, all the beings of a proper grudge match being settled. Vucinic has got all the tools. I think he's brilliant. A massive Vucinic fan. As an MMA fan, I'm a massive Paul Hughes fan. But like, just I think for me, I would just I'd be rooting for Jordan, but just because I like Jordan. Um, but if you this fight's class, mate. Man, it's an exceptional fight. It's arguably two of the best fighters in cage warriors. I mean, within the featherweight division. Yeah. Um, two guys who. Only want to go to one place and one place only. Um, they've got very high hopes for what's going to come of their futures. 
Um, so definitely, it's an exceptional, exceptional fight. I think clearly with three splits in a row, obviously, or three splits before his last one, Vicinic is easily hit. There's, there's a definitely, a, he's definitely hitable. He's definitely gettable. Um, but that could become his downfall at some point. Well, at some point as this week, I am not sure. Um, I think we've seen for the first fight just how close these two guys are together, and I just yeah. think it's going to be fucking exceptional. I cannot wait to sit and watch this on Friday night. Um, if I go, I've got something on Friday night as well, but I'm sure it's early doors, so I will be back hopefully to catch him in event at least. Um, I don't think we're out on Friday, we're out on Saturday, but we're not, I don't want to go Friday. Um, which is good. Fireworks, that's what I'm doing on Friday night, fireworks, so, but I'll be back for after that for the fireworks. So. I'm going to be doing fireworks on Friday, that's for sure. No, you'll be, you'll be cuddling your your dog in a corner somewhere as it shakes itself. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you can, guys, you've got time. I know it's like not the greatest time for Americans, but um, if you don't watch Cage Warriors and you want to get into it, I would recommend this weekend as the weekend to do it. Those the main card, I think, starts at 8pm Eastern, so I'd imagine Vision X shows are about half 10, something like that, maybe. Yeah. Perfect so, timing for getting in for the work. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, the, the main card is class. Um, Lofren, Shanks, she and Richardson and Vishnich Hughes particularly um, brilliant. So, yeah, I would definitely get after it if you can. Um, UFC this Saturday, headlined by Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda Lemos, a fight which I absolutely love, by the way. I don't know how this kind of snuck up on me. Um, but we'll come back to that. We'll talk about it in a minute. This card, mate, it's kind of... It's kind of decent. There are some names, like there's some stuff stacked like on this card. There's there's fights, maybe not necessarily names, but there's there's fights that like jump out. Mario Bautista versus Benito Lopez. That's just insane. That's a belt a fight, man. That's some great matchmaking, by the way. That's absolutely superb. Even even before that, the one three fivers, Johnny Munoz versus uh, Shulanian. That's that's nuts as well. Um Jake Hadley making his second walk to the octagon. A lot of stake here, I think, here for both guys. So yeah. I'll be interested to see what comes after this fight for, for either one. I heard they both fought on the same... Was it the same Contender Series card? Was it? I'm not sure. I knew no, it wasn't. I knew won Contender Series, but... They both won in the Contender Series, same UFC, and both lost their UFC debut. So it's kind of like a... Like a, right, who's going to be first through the gate? Who's going to be first through the win gate? So I'll be interested to see how Jake does. Um, I wanted to mention, right... It's maybe not the best fight in the world, but the fact that Derek Minner and Shailian Nur Danbieke have almost 100 fights between them is insane. I actually thought Derek Minner would get released, so that was a surprise um, when I seen the name. Um, I 100% met um, the two 40, very... 47, 47 and 39. That's insane. That's 86 fights between them. That's insane. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, two very experienced guys. Um, I imagine it'll be a fucking damn good fight, let's be honest. Um The Chinese the Shailian is twenty eight years old and has fought forty seven times. So he's fought every week for the last ten years then. And he only made his debut in twenty sixteen? Nah. Mate, no I, how many fights did he have? One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. He'd 15 fights in 2017. To be fair. Right, so it's difficult, right? So it looks as though he's fought in this, which is called the Chinese MMA Super League. So 
the fight three days in a row. Yeah, I know, I see that. I see so that makes it very parried, I suppose. So, if he's done that over a few years, that's at least another probably dozen fights anyway, do you know what I mean? So his record when he got to the UFC? He only fought in the UFC three times. So his record was 34, 35 and 9. Mental, mate. Absolutely mental. Anyway, that'll, be, that'll be two experienced guys, a good fight. Um, but then you look at the main card. Um, there is some stuff. I mean, I'm not so keen on Josh Perezian versus Chase Sherman being the third fight for the end. I would have swapped that with Madsen That's Dawson. That's a fucking disgrace. Um, Madsen <laughs> Dawson is an insane fight. But you always say to me you need a good fight to open the card. And Madsen Dawson is that fight. Um, I hope it's that fight because sometimes Mark Madsen can take the life out of a fucking fight. Take the life out of a fucking event. He's certainly not your favourite, is he? I don't think Mark Madsen covers boring. I think there's definitely another one beyond boring for Mark Madness at times. Well, maybe why don't we just make it like boring and then Madsen? Just it's definitely that as fucking mad anyway. You put it that way when you watch yeah. him it's fight. Because, it's because of his style of wrestling. Great Roman Greco's not like known for you know that kind of stuff. So the guy in his uh, back and just shag him for fifteen yeah. minutes. Is that what Roman Greco is? Or hold him up against the <laughs> um, <laughs> Ulan Bekov uh, versus Nate Minus. Uh, Manus is a great fight. Um, Two flyweights, man. That should be fun, fun and game straight away. Yeah. Uh, Olin Bekov will be looking for a bounce back after losing to Tim Elliott in March. Um, I say Josh Perez and Chase Sherman. Nah, fine. Is what it is. Magni Rodriguez, great fight. Great fight for Daniel Rodriguez. Um, I just hope he's allowed to produce the goods as such I hope it does now I think, it, I think Neil Magna likes to work against the cage a lot of the time and I think not you guys need to space and I wonder if that could do you think D-Rod's rushing a wee bit here though was this fight no made before he was supposed to fight Jing Lian aye so well I don't. I think so but it was supposed to be on the 15th of October which is you know aye so but I think after they did they not make Rodriguez versus Magni and then obviously something happened that then maybe he was offered the Jing Liang he was obviously offered the Jing Liang fight and then they pushed the Magni fight back well, he, was supposed to fight, he was supposed to fight Kevin Holland at 289 uh, well that, right, okay sorry I'll rephrase that then he was supposed to fight Magni in October but obviously Kevin Holland required a fight so he was offered that one so then they pushed the Magni one back again do you know uh, what I'm getting at I'm just looking to see... I'm sure the Magna fight was booked first before the Kevin Holland fight, and that's why the Magna fight get pushed back. Yeah, probably. I don't think there's anything... There's nothing on it that says Kevin Holland was due to fight anybody else. So it's maybe just the fact that they, they booked the Kevin Holland fight um, anyway. Um, no, I think so. Better. I think something like that happened. But, well, it's an interesting fight. I'll be interested to see if Neil Magna can use the experience to stop D-Rod, because D-Rod's boxing's fucking exceptional. Um, we know what he's like. He knows how good we know how good he is. Do you know what I mean? So it's a massive name for D-Rod if he can get that on his on his resume, shall we say? Main event. No, I'm pro- like, I'm, I love the fight, but I'm disappointed that this fight's happening. For because for me, Marina Rodriguez should be basically standing there waiting for the winner of um, what you call him? Uh, Sparza Zhang. Yes. Like she should already be standing there and I think it's a bit like Jojo when Jojo in the band of day took that I can't remember who she fought, but she took a fight when she was basically sitting there waiting for Shevchenko. Just Kai. Just Kai. She took that fight, she lost the fight and she lost her title shot and that was that. And I feel about I feel Marina's getting kinda 
as if she's fighting maybe just for the sake of fighting. Um, yeah, I think I think there's nothing wrong. You imagine, right? You imagine if she beats Lemos, she's beating Rebas, Go uh, Watson, Dern, and Yao Shaonan, right? She's beaten all of them in the last what's that? Two years since January 2021. She's beaten all of them. There is no disputing who gets a shot at that title next. There can't be any. Oh, Nami Yunus has decided to come back, or JJ's come out of retirement, or That's fucking. That- Jang Wei Lee's going to fight up at Shevchenko. Now, fuck that. If 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 Marina Rodriguez beats Amanda Lemos on Saturday and anybody else fights for that uh, belt before she does, she should just fucking pack up her shit and leave and go somewhere else because that's a disgrace. Well, that's disgrace. I think I think she's taking a chance. We know that Lemos can pull something out of the bag, Matt. You know what I mean? She can do that. And I think she's taking a big chance fighting Lemos. Um, and I really, I, I'm not feeling for Rodriguez because obviously she's taking the fight. She's obviously agreed to the fight. But as I said, for me, she should be literally standing there waiting to see who wins between Esparza and Zhang and going, right, I'm fucking next in, bitches. That type of thing. So It's a class fight. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it mate, it's a, fight. a sensational fight, but I don't th- I just I just feel for Marina Rodriguez because I don't feel it's a fight that she should have to take. But obviously she's been... She's been asked and she's agreed to it, so fair play to her for taking it. But, I think um, she wins, by the way. Just, I think oh, I think so as well, probably. But I still think there's always a risk. This is MMA. Anything can literally happen at any yeah. moment. Um, yeah. Fuck, imagine what happens on Saturday night and Marina Rodriguez pops a knee or pops an elbow or something like that and fucks it. And she's out for six to nine months and she's nowhere near a title shot again. Yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of risk at stake for me. So, but fair play to her for taking it. Alrighty. Cheers for that one, man. Anything else you want to bring up this week? Or are you quite happy? No, quite happy, my man. Well, we've had about 45 minutes on the button there, so. Good stuff. Hey, right, guys. Um, good week for MMA. I say, catch Cage Warriors, please do. Uh, you will not be disappointed, I guarantee you. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. As always, we do appreciate it. We appreciate the love. Uh, get us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Inside Cage MMA. Give us a like, follow, share. Any shares would be greatly appreciated. Get this podcast out to more people to listen. And yeah, have a good week. Catch you next time.